When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. A UK correspondent, football expert Andy Buckley now joins us on the program. Andy, good evening, welcome. Mark, you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, look, I'm looking forward to um, England. I'm just a little bit concerned about the starting 11 and whether Harry Maguire gets a start because, what, he started in just one Premier League game in recent times. He's been in terrible form, but he seems to be Southgate's sort of uh, favourite child. What's the latest in regards to the starting 11? Well, yeah, we're anxiously waiting to find out the uh, lineup, and the word is that Maguire and Stones will be uh, at the heart of England's defence. That's the weak link within the England team, unquestionably. Uh, and as you say, Harry Maguire, who's hardly had a sniff of uh, action for Manchester United, um, is uh, likely to play for England. And uh, people are speculating how far England can go in this tournament. Uh, impossible to say. You never know if they get some momentum then uh, we might get uh, a happy Christmas in England. But, uh, uh, yeah, Maguire is very much uh, uh, under the microscope, shall we say. Mm. How much pressure is Southgate under in this first game? If he gets this wrong, if it's a draw, if it's a loss, he starts Maguire, what is the fallout likely to be? Uh, well, you know what the English press are like. Uh, no mercy, really. Unforgiving. Uh, it goes with the, the territory of uh, expectation that uh, we've uh, had since 1966. Jeffers still gets wheeled out uh, and uh, reminisces about 1966 and nobody's taken his place, sadly, in terms of uh, an ambassador and an, a World Cup winner for England. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk really as to whether Southgate's course as England manager will probably have, have run its uh, duration after this World Cup anyway. Uh, and what would we class as success? What would we class as failure? Um, I think people are saying, well, if England get to the quarter final, then uh, that's the best they can hope. Is that any good? Not too sure, really. I think mm. uh, I think I, I, it's got to be an England win or, or nothing. And I, I don't, I can't really see. Um, Southgate being there much longer. I mean, these Nations League games that England have played, and they did abysmally in the summer, uh, the English summer, um, were quite misleading, I think, because it's hard to gauge from those matches. Mm. He uses them very much as an experimental phase in the mm. lead-up to the World Cup. But this is what it's all about. This is the big stage. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't see much of the game yesterday. I'll be honest with you, I got my granddaughters around and I preferred to play with them than watch uh, a match that didn't exactly tickle my taste buds. Uh, But I did see the BBC lead up to it, very controversial coverage in the BBC because they didn't show the opening ceremony on BBC TV and they dwelt very much on the issues at the heart of this World Cup in the countdown to it. And the the media were really laid into Qatar and FIFA big style over the last few days, deservedly so in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not a big one for 
the um, politicising sport, but I think this is um, one of those situations where, hey, absolutely, make a statement. But once the football does get underway, let's just try and keep it to the yeah. football. Uh, look, Jude Bellingham yeah. likely to make his first World Cup start in midfield? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, that's the, the word. Um, and I think he's got to take a risk. He can't be too conservative, which is the accusation against Southgate. Go for it. Um, I think England will get through this group. The question mark is who will go through with them. Possibly Iran. Uh, I'm not too confident about Wales' chances. Uh, I think USA will be quite um, abrasive, shall we say. I don't think they've got much flair. So I think uh, I can't see them going through. It'll probably be proven wrong now in about 10 days' time. But I think England and Iran, for me, would go through. But uh, it's a tough opener for England. It is a tough opener. Uh, It's just so strange to be anticipating a World Cup match on what is a murky November day in England, Monday morning here in Manchester. And, uh, you know, the people are preparing this. Uh, I don't know what the story is in New Zealand, but there's a lot of uh, people who are sort of downing tools for a couple of hours to watch the games, offices laying on uh, extended lunch hours and, and food, come in and watch the game, etc. So uh, with such big occasions, whether it's in New Zealand or whether it's in England, you know, we know how to embrace a major sporting occasion. Great anticipation and, um, you know, a, a major event is is underway. OK, let's just continue to run through this team. And I've done a little bit of reading here. Reports suggest that probably um, Bukayo Saka will get the nod ahead of Phil Foden on the right wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's his prerogative, isn't it? Um, Foden perhaps hasn't uh, excelled at England level as he has done at club level. Um, I'd have played Foden, to be honest with you, and I'm not sure that I'd have Brian Sterling in the side either because I just don't think he's uh, as good a player as um, he's been uh, mentioned in the past. I just don't think he's, he's, he's quite got it, Sterling. Uh, he's, he's done it in fits and starts. Uh, so Sterling up front, mm, not too sure about that. And again, uh, so I think Saka deserves a chance. I think he's an exciting talent. I think yeah. he deserves a stage. Yeah. So, how does Southgate justify some of these selections? And what you know, a lot of people obviously critiquing him. Obviously, people giving, um, telling them what they think. But he is the manager. He is the one that's ultimately held accountable. So, how does he justify some of these potential decisions, which a lot of people don't agree with? Well, I mean, I suppose what he'd say is that it's a tournament. It's not just a one-off game. It is a tournament. And Foden might come on as a substitute. He might well start the next two games. So he's got to think of the long term. And Madison's injured at the moment. Um, so uh, he can't play. Um, whether it's the strop, you know, how does it compare with past England sides? We just don't know. But it, 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 it's, you know, you get on a roll. You, you could, you could um, surprise people. So. Uh, the players who play in England are playing at the highest level. They've just never, ever, since 1966, converted it onto that biggest stage of all. So, um, I think you know, I think Declan Rice is an ab- he's a world class talent. He is a world class talent. So, with people like him in the ranks, but going back to your original question about the, the defence, you know, can you see an England side with Harry Maguire winning the World Cup? Answer: No. Mm, yeah, no, it's a strange one. It's a strange one, but I guess that's, you know, I think you go and look at even All Blacks here, we sometimes make scratch your head on some decisions and loyalty 
um, sometimes perhaps overriding uh, form and what other people believe to be common sense. Uh, and yeah. I, maybe each every team's got one, and therefore perhaps they cancel each other out. Who knows? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Argentina. You know, what, what impact is is Messi and Ronaldo going to have on this World Cup? Um, you know, is it going to be uh, a glorious farewell for for either? Uh, I think that Argentina probably in the top two or three tips to win the tournament, but. Um, I'm not convinced that they're that much better than England. Um, so it is, it is, uh, it, it's, it's not exactly wide open, but there's no obvious team that you'd say that, you know, in the past you'd have said, oh, Brazil, won't you? And we all get swept along by the romanticism of Brazil and the, we, we think back to all the teams of the 70, 74, etc. Uh, and, but I, I'm not sure that, again, Brazil, I, I don't think, in past World Cups, they've they've not re, in recent last couple of decades, they've not uh, recaptured the the heights that they they had uh, decades ago. So I've got my doubts about Brazil's ability really to uh, to win the tournament, which which does could pave the way for England. Could you know ever the optimist you've got to be as an England fan. <laughs> I look, uh, Wales playing in their first World Cup, first World Cup since 1958, take on the United States. You didn't give them much of a chance, but I'd imagine Wales as a nation are buzzing. Oh. Have we got you there? We lost. This morning. No, I'm still here. Yeah, go on, Andy. Sorry, yeah. you just dropped out there for uh, a minute. Uh, there was picture in the paper of Ryan Giggs watching Salford City, uh, the club that he co-owns with the class of '92 on. Saturday, you know. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Robert Page is there managing the Wales side, and Giggs, who, who obviously stepped down because he's got issues uh, from a, uh, a legal perspective to uh, attend to. Uh, you know, he, he must be thinking what might have been. But uh, and, and again, Gareth Bale. You know, what will he deliver really on the world stage, uh, having won Champions Leagues with uh, Real Madrid? And now it, um, the spotlight falls on him in the twilight of his career. But again, a lot of journeymen in the, the Welsh team. Um, and uh, what was it, 1958, the last time Wales got to a World Cup final. So it is a fabulous story for Wales. Uh, but I'm not expecting great things from them. I think uh, for them, success is to get through to the knockout stages. Just had a text come in. Someone wanted to know, does, do, do English fans have a second team outside of England? Like, if it's not England winning it, who do they like to see win or who do they like to see do well? I think they like to see clubs, uh, players from their clubs playing for their countries. In other words, for me, De Bruyne and Belgium, uh, Portugal as well, Bernardo Silva, uh, João Cancelo. So I think that's the... Uh, the, the 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 answer to that one that's just a personal opinion but there is a fascinating dynamic though with the English football fan in regards, regards to the World Cup I was looking on the Man City forum earlier today and somebody said let's hope England get knocked out in the last 16 let's get all the City players back for the resumption of the Premier League and there's a lot of sentiment that is shared across the board whether you're a fan of Arsenal whether you're a fan of Liverpool uh, United or City get out of the World Cup and then get back so your players get fit and refreshed uh, in readiness for the resumption of the league. And Guardiola and Klopp, Eric Ten Hag, I mean, City have got 16 players. I think Liverpool have got six players in the World Cup, haven't they? City have got 16 players. So what mind process is, is 
Pep Guardiola going through now, he's thinking, yeah, okay, on a personal level, I want these guys to do well. I want them to succeed. It's the highlight of their career. I think that's his overriding uh, impression. But on a practical, functional uh, perspective, bearing in mind he's looking ahead to next May and the culmination of the season, he wants them to be as fit and sharp and raring to go for when City play uh, Liverpool on Thursday, the twenty second of uh, December in the League Cup. That you know, that's the, that's the kind of date he's got ringed in his diary. Uh, so, but there's a, and also there's a lot of England fans who care far more about club football, certainly at the highest level, than uh, they did play, care about England. They're not really bothered about England. Yes, we'll go and, and have a couple of pints in the pub and put the flags up and. You know, there's pubs around the corner from me. They've got all the England bunting up outside. Fair play. You know, it's it's a great. Uh, you've got to be very careful in England because you you seem to be a bit jingoistic and a bit xenophobic if you fly the flag too much. But we should be proud to be English, and quite often we don't really show it as much as we should do. I know it might sound a little bit uh, outspoken and controversial, but occasions like this. Now it brings out the worst in a lot of English people as well. Who had one too many pints. I get all that. And which is why we've damaged our chances of hosting the World Cup. What happened at the last Euros was absolutely disgraceful. No, appalling. look, you you just fill those brown envelopes full of money, and you'll get a World Cup. Come <laughs> yeah. on, it's got nothing to do with behaviour. I, I mean, this is a FIFA organisation who did serious due diligence on guitar, but didn't look at the weather. Did not over, somehow manage to overlook the weather forecast in the months of June, July, and August, etc. Uh, look, I can understand why football fans for the clubs put greater weight on that. I mean, England haven't won it since '66. They probably um, continue to disappoint. They don't have that legacy. Where I'd imagine, you know, Brazil does have that legacy a little bit more. Uh, Germany has that legacy a little bit more. And sometimes you've got to earn that, don't you? Uh, look, just touching on that game, Senegal. Now, the continent of Africa. Again, other than Cameroon, haven't really maybe fulfilled their potential uh, potential football. Uh, you know, it's a big game now on the continent. Uh, I think FIFA, everybody's waiting for the African nations to start to dominate. It hasn't happened. They take on the Netherlands, who have been in three World Cup finals, lost all three. It's a good Netherlands team on paper. How do you see this one? Yeah, um, it will be a fascinating game. Um, and uh, two teams, I think, that will do pretty well in the competition. Yeah, Senegal... Uh, highly rated Netherlands Louis van Gaal back at the helm um, so yeah I think both t- both countries that was, I think really with that game an England's game and the Wales game today then the World Cup starts in earnest doesn't it after that bit of a false uh, fake start yesterday uh, in Qatar went bizarrely the, you know the, the fans went didn't they uh, in the centre well they were only paid to go for 45 minutes weren't they yeah I know, that's ridiculous. I mean, it was just not a good look at all. Not a good look for FIFA over the weekend. But can I just share this little... Jay, you like, I know you like your sporting uh, stats and, and sort of like little uh, bit gems, uh, Mark. But I, on Saturday, I was with a, a sportsman who was involved in the very first VAR review in sport. He was at the heart of it. Uh, and I was with him. I'll give you a slight clue who it is. He was. A, I took him to Old Trafford for the Australia Samoa Rugby League final on Saturday, uh, and he was involved in it. It was Martin of Fire. Oh, chariots! Yeah, chariots of fire. Wow! What a lovely fellow he is. And hit the the moment was. I didn't know this. 
the moment was Super League in England became a summer sport in the mid-90s. It was the second game. It was Oldham against Wigan Warriors mm-hmm. um, in 1996. Uh, and he scored a try that was awarded only after a video review. Oldham had played Paris. Paris had a rugby league team in the mid-90s. Oldham had played Paris in the first game, entertained Wigan in the second. And so that was the very first VAR review in sport. Now, if you think of cricket, you think of tennis, you think of rugby league, you think of rugby union, you think of football and how technology over the last few decades has advanced. I was absolutely flabbergasted when he told me that. And I thought, yeah, it makes perfect sense, but it's something that just completely lost in the midst of time. Um, he also scored 10 tries in one game. Played alongside Dean Bell, great New Zealand. Yeah, great, 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 great Kiwi captain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful player. Yeah. He might have even played alongside Inga Tuigamala, did he? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I'm uh, not sure whether he was a bit later. But also Martin straddled the era of sports science. Yeah, Henry... So he played in the era when you, when, you, know, when you, had, a, you had a drink uh, before a game. And then obviously the nutritionists and the scientists came along and said, oh, no, you don't do that. You stay yeah. fit and healthy. So uh, he scored 10 tries in one game. Yeah, well, no, I, I, just off recollection, I think Henry Paul was another Kiwi that might have been involved. Um, Andy, yeah, yeah, Andy, he was. Andy Farrell, who's now doing wonderful things with um, Ireland and rugby. and Yeah. Yeah, no, no, wonderful side back then. Yeah, no, but very, very um, well known that Wigan team of the 1990s as well, because I think uh, we also mm-hmm. had a number of New Zealand coaches heavily involved um, with the Super League at the time. Who were? Mm. Hey Andy, look lovely to chat. Um, so, what have you got? About four hours now till this England game. So, so what? How does the day look over there in the UK? What generally happens now? The countdowns on. When does the team get formally announced? And uh, do you watch uh, this at home? Yeah. Do you watch this in the office? Do you go to the pub? I mean, how's it done? Uh, well, it won't, I don't think there'll be that many watching it in the pub. To be honest with you, I think Monday morning is is not exactly. Uh, uh, a good time. My son runs a supermarket, actually, in a place called Accrington, uh, which has produced a few uh, famous Lancashire cricketers in the past. Uh, he, he runs a supermarket, works for Tesco, so I think uh, there's a there's a, a view in the uh, the shop that uh, we can just uh, pause proceedings and sneak into the office and watch it on the TV, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, there's something that I used to enjoy listening to uh, football matches on the radio before any live TV was shown and something a bit pure and uh, romantic about it. But uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be uh, taking a, a brief uh, break from my work just to, to, to watch it for a couple of hours and just see how England get on. And uh, yeah, I, I just think the further we go, the more the excitement will build. Normally it's in the summer when England get wrapped up in, in, in occasions like this in the World Cup. Now it's the winter, which is uncharted territory for us. You know, the, the Christmas trees are going to be going up soon. And in, there's nothing like an English winter. Uh, it's not been a bad winter, to be honest with you. The weather's been, been very kind to us so far, which is uh, unusual. We obviously get the old blob of rain every day, but uh, you'll know about all that in, in New Zealand as well, won't you, Mark? But uh, yeah, no. It, it, what about you then? Would you watch it? Or will you? Oh, look, we have to get up pretty early. It's two o'clock in the morning, New Zealand time. So you've got a pretty hardcore English fan to get up and watch it live. Some will watch it first thing in the morning without trying to find out what the score was. Um, there's The game's at 8 o'clock, and I think 6 o'clock in the morning tend to probably have a genuine audience to them. Uh, but this is England. As you said, I think people see this as the legitimate kickoff of the tournament now. 
so yeah, it'll be interesting. A lot of coverage over here, a lot of media around it. Of course, we're co-hosting the Women's World Cup next year, so there is a lot of interest in it. Always has been, always yeah. has been. I remember watching 86 and we had Paul Marimer over here doing part of the television presentation with it. And, you know, we made the 82 World Cup and we made the 2010. And so, yeah, look, it's always had a big following. And, um, yeah, and I think um, England football is um, there's a lot bigger fan base for English football than there is, say, for English rugby or for English cricket when New Zealand's not involved. Yep. Good. Mm. Glad to hear it. Nice to know that uh, you're uh, on England's side uh, because we need it. We need all that support we can get. Uh, Brilliant. Hey, Andy, lovely chatting as always. Thank you for your time tonight here on the programme, Andy Buckley.